listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Friday the 21st of January. You're listening to Recap made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. And here's the financial disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Alice. Hey, Jose. How are you today? Very good, thanks. Welcome to Casual Friday. We made it. We did. First week back. <laughs> almost yeah. undusted. Almost undusted. Uh, yeah, a little secret out of the bag. It took us three goes to get to this point in recording. <laughs> We just kept on screwing up um, certain lines. Yeah, we've got a bloopers reel. We've totally got a bloopers reel, absolutely. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, some Fridays are like that, man. You're just kind of like, yeah, you're sprinting to the end. But <laughs> totally. every day is a good day at Shazies. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, we should crack into it, though, because there is a bit to get through today. There is. There's lots of different bits Not- and pieces. Yeah, lots of stuff to chat about. Yeah, which is great. And we have chatted a few times this week already about how the markets have been going, but it has been a couple of days and I'm really keen to hear how they've gone since then, Alice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, we have chatted a few times this week about how markets have had a bit of a bumpy start to the year. So perhaps first, let's take a look at the US share market because they are the biggest one and tend to have a reasonable influence over our share market here in Aotearoa and over in Australia. Absolutely fantastic idea. Let's do it. Yeah, so the S&P 500 has been on the decline this week. In fact, the index has closed lower for the past few days in a row. Uh, it fell just over 1% on Thursday. So it's actually down now just over 5% over the past week and is a down around 6.5% from the start of 2022. Uh, so the index is sitting at its lowest level since about October. But of course, you do have to remember that over the past year, um, that last year in 2021, the S&P 500 gained about 27%. So it's still up about 16 percent over the past year. And has it still been higher interest rates that have been driving the market lower? Yeah, so we did uh, chat about this the other day on Recap, but it is the prospect of higher interest rates that have been driving the share markets lower this year. Um, Investors and analysts are anticipating that the Federal Reserve will hike interest rates this year. Uh, That's what the central bank has signalled. In fact, the Federal Reserve is actually meeting next week, so people are holding out to see uh, what the Fed has to say about that meeting. Mm. And remind us again how higher interest rates impact on shares. Yeah, so there can be multiple factors at play, but generally higher interest rates make borrowing more expensive for businesses and also consumers. Um, On top of that, they can make companies' future earnings look relatively less attractive compared to in a low interest rate environment, which can impact on company valuations. Uh, But but these effects can be varied across sectors. Uh, So what's been happening this year hasn't been equal across the entire share market. Okay, so can, can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, so when you think about higher interest rates, you do have to think about um, how it will impact 
different types of companies that you're interested in. Um, now, I saw what I thought was a really good breakdown um, of, of this from Anthony Holes, who is the head of investments at Mint Asset Management um, in a news article today. And to sort of summarize what he said, um, when, with share markets, a higher interest rate and also high inflation um, environment tends to favor cyclical stocks. Now, those are companies which follow the cycles of the economy. So higher inflation, which is like usually the driver for central banks to raise interest rates, in theory um, can mean that the economy is reasonably hot and sort of ticking along. Mm, interesting. And what else do you have to say? Uh, but then he also said that uh, higher interest rate environments tend to be negative on growth stocks because of the the value of receiving a dollar now or today is greater than the value of receiving a dollar at a future date. That's called the time value of money. Now for growth companies, a lot of their value is driven from expectations around its future growth and the money that it's going to make later down the track. So that effect tends to be greater for those types of companies and that's why um, yeah, it can be more pronounced for them. Right, and I take it that's why tech stocks have been particularly impacted this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in fact, the NASDAQ Composite, which tracks companies on the tech-focused NASDAQ exchange, is actually now down about 7% this week and about 8% over the past month. Um, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which tracks 30 of the largest blue chip companies in comparison, is down about 3.6% this week and uh, actually slightly up over the past month. So you can see that there is um, a fair bit of discrepancy across the US share market um, with with what's happening to diff- the share prices of different companies. Yeah, I, I guess that's a good example of how diversification across different investments can help spread risk across your portfolio, right? Totally. And of course, remember that these returns that I've been talking about are quite short-term focused. Um, You know, if you're investing for the long term, you've got to remember to sort of zoom out and remember to look at the bigger picture of what's been happening uh, over over a longer period of time. Yeah, great advice. Thanks for that. Uh, But just before we move on to the rest of the news for today, what's been happening in New Zealand and Australia? Uh, well, in New Zealand, the NZX, de- uh, NZX 50 declined for a second day in a row on Thursday. That's down now about 5% from the start of the year and about 3% over the past month. Um, a lot of that has been driven by what we've been seeing over in the US, as well as one of the largest companies in that index, um, Fisher & Paykel, that's been moving downwards as well. Um, but over the past few days, the growing threat of an outbreak of the Omicron uh, COVID-19 variant has also been playing um, a bit of a factor there too. Then over in Australia, that's actually fared a bit better. Um, As at market close on Thursday, the ASX 200 was down about 2% over the past week and almost unchanged over the past month. Great. Thanks very much for that, Alice. Okay, so what have you got for us today for Casual Friday, Jose? Well, today my food bag released a trading update for their third quarter of the 2022 financial year. And while they reported a strong Christmas period, the meal kit delivery company noted they were experiencing inflationary pressures. Right, so my food bag listed on the New Zealand exchange almost a year ago now. It'll be interesting to check in and see how they've been going. Absolutely. So let's have a peek. So according to my food bag, there's sales in that quarter up to Christmas, were up 15% to $52.1 million. 
they counted uh, 388,000 deliveries. That's an increase of 9%. And they increased their customer base by 1.5%. Now, all those metrics are in comparison to the same period in the previous year, of course. Okay, so where did this growth come from? Well, the company mentioned a number of things in this regard. Uh, They pointed to their Christmas box, which they said was popular this Christmas just gone. Deliveries of the Yuletide package were up 11.8%. They said that order value and order frequency were continuing to track positively and new campaigns that they were starting were performing strongly, as was its new kitchen products range. So you said right at the top that my food bag uh, was experiencing inflationary pressures. What's the detail there? Yeah, so the company indicated that inflation was having an impact in two key areas, in labour costs and the price of produce. So they pointed out that they expect prices to be impacted uh, further by the drier growing conditions in New Zealand over summer, but they have plans to manage those costs during the fourth quarter. Another thing they mentioned is that they're planning for what they think will likely be a surge in Omicron cases, and they say they'll work to minimise disruptions. And what about their guidance for the full year? I seem to recall in November they said their revenue was going to improve slightly. Yes, and they uh, reconfirmed that advice today. Their earlier guidance for their full year pre-tax profit to rise 18% uh, to $34.2 million. But they also advised today that it wasn't likely to result in an increase in earnings because of higher costs due to the pandemic and new product initiatives. Uh, My Food Bag's full year results will be released in May. Okay, so we've just heard about COVID impacting My Food Bag. So let's turn to Australia, because as you might have noticed this week, Uh, A number of listed retail companies over there have released their half-year results. And the story has been dominated by COVID and the impact it's had on business. So, for example, Kmart and Target, both part of the Wes Farmers conglomerate, lost 25% of trading days over the last half year due to lockdowns and other restrictions. Uh, Businesses sort of on top of that have also had to contend with fluctuating staff levels as COVID forces employees to self-isolate. Yes. Now, apart from Scott Morrison, he's the the Prime Minister over there, apart from his plan to get children driving forklifts and that is an actual headline that happened this week how have retailers in australia responded to the challenges of the pandemic and what's on the horizon for the sector those are all important questions and to answer them i talked to dominic lamb she is the ceo of the national retail association which is a not-for-profit union representing retailers and i asked her to start by setting the scene and describe how the sector performed over that crucial Christmas shopping period in 2021. Retailers across Australia had an absolutely wonderful Christmas period. And in fact, what we saw was that, you know, consumers are shopping earlier, certainly in the beginning of November. And that implementation of Black Friday through to Cyber Monday has really buoyed their figures during that time. And of course, we know retailers make about a third of their profit um, at that time of year. And so Australians spent roughly about... 
we would predict about $63 billion um, from mid-November through to Boxing Day, and that was in-store. But online, they spent probably about $9.4 billion, which was a significant increase on last year. So in those in-store figures, you're talking about an 8% increase, but those online figures are about a 51% increase on the previous year. So the end of the year was very positive, very, very positive for our retailers. Um, Unfortunately, as we saw those Omicron numbers increase, as we saw, um, you know, the numbers of cases grow, the masks being implemented, the mandates coming back in, we saw people in January really start to withhold. And we know from the ANZ data that's just been released that January is looking like the softest January we've had in some time, worse than the beginning of the pandemic. And it's really reflecting in, you know, the footfall figures. We know they're up to 40% in many of our suburban, um, you know, centres, but our CBDs, I mean, in some locations are down again by 80%. People are just simply staying away. Um, And it's being felt by retailers on a few fronts. So, Australian retailers right now are being faced with a skill shortage. So there's no doubt that we don't have the people in store or in our supply chains or in our distribution centres because they are being hit with, you know, either being a positive case or being a close contact. Um, And we also have the added complication of this kind of concept around rapid antigen testing. You know, they're very difficult to get. They're very expensive to um, implement into a business. And so right now, I think, you know, for many businesses, particularly our retailers, they are just trying to get through what feels like a quasi lockdown. Um, and the problem with that, of course, is that, you know, there's no real end in sight. You know, we're not seeing, a, you know, there's going to be a certain date. We're just hearing this is a, you know, a four to six week spike. Um, but I think for many consumers and, and business owners alike, the confidence, you know, in, in this messaging is just, isn't there. Um, and so there is this, um, unrest that is certainly breed, breeding at a business level. What are the challenges at this time uh, as the the, 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 the the sector facing COVID or not? Yeah, I mean, look, there's definitely supply challenges. It depends on where you're located. I mean, all of the logistic change is certainly impacted for various reasons. Of course, you know, air freight isn't back to where it was meant to be. In our survey of about 7,000 of our members, so 80% um, that came back to us were small business owners. Um, 95% mm. said that their business had been negatively impacted by Omicron. 65% had decreased their casual staff. 60% had decreased their rosters and their trading hours. And their biggest concerns are their financial situation, their well-being and their staff's well-being um, and the longevity of the industry within the country. But when we also have a look at w- what they need I mean, and what their biggest concerns are, skill shortages, lack of financial support or leasing codes being extended across the country. So New South Wales and Victoria have extended, but nobody else has. An Ill- inability to get, a, of course, rapid antigen tests and then isolation rules, reducing staff levels. So as I said, there is growing unrest. Uh, what is the next thing? Um, for the sector, what are they looking to, um, and, and uh, you know, uh, I'm sure what are, what's what are they looking forward to? Is there any light in that at the end of that tunnel? So you've got to. I think that right now within Australia, the, the big thing is there is a federal election pending. Right, federal elections are never particularly good for retailers, and normally it means that um, consumers will hold their breath, and let alone having everything else happening. So I think for retailers right now, what they're looking to is just trying to get rid of any of that excess stock that they have up to Christmas. So getting through that sales period, it is a traditionally quiet time of year. So they're probably going about their business as they would ordinary 
ordinarily do, ramping up for, you know, what the next kind of sales period would be, which will be those mid-season sales. Um, you know, they'll be looking at their lines, making sure that, you know, as I said, they're sure that they can absolutely get them in stock amongst other things. And of course, you know, for some of our apparel brands where we've seen that kind of fall away from events again, where people aren't going out again, you know, they might be reconsidering the numbers, reconsidering the arrangements with their suppliers, all of those kinds of things. I think that retailers are still slightly nervous about potential lockdowns moving forward, especially regionally. And so they would be putting in place all of those things um, that they had in place before to make sure that that is an easier scenario for them. Things like comms to staff, amongst other things. Um, the, I guess in terms of positivity, um, you know, it is really about investing in that technology that's going to make their lives easier. Whether it's heat mapping their stores so that they can, you know, show where their staff were, so that if they do get a case in store, it doesn't, you know, take down an entire team. Or building teams so that they've got multiple shifts keeping shifts isolated from each other so that they can sub in, you know, they are doing a lot of that logistics planning at the moment because they know our, the demographic of people we hire are the most impacted in terms of, you know, infection. So it's really about, I think, you know, advocacy from government to get those flexibilities and exemptions to allow you, if you're a close contact, to come back to work if you're not positive. Um, it's about making sure you are training and keeping the good staff that you've got. Um, and it's also just about, you know, making sure if you can make your life easier via tech, you know, what tech can I implement at this time? That was uh, Dominic Lamb there, the CEO for the National Retail Association in Australia. And that means that's it for the week. That was Recap for the 21st of January. Thank you so much for listening in. And you can give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if, you'd like, if you'd like to get in touch, our email is recap at shearsy.co.nz. And you can also leave a voice message. Uh, there's a link to that in the episode description. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Bye. Have a great weekend. Bye.